You obviously know Kung Fu. Hi, I'm Vincent Saburano, director of The Trigonal and Blood Hunters, and you're listening to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. <laughs> Joining me again on the show, a return visit, martial artist, actor, writer, and director of the action horror film Blood Hunters Rise of the Hybrids, which is streaming now. We're going to get into it. Vincent Soberano. Vincent, thank you so much for coming back to the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. Hey, how's it going? I'm glad to be back, and uh, thanks for having me. It's great to have you back, and uh, of course, I hope you're you're safe and strong and home. Uh, but how is everything going over there for you guys? I know you're you're. Are you sp- splitting time between China and the Philippines, or are you in one location right now? No, right now I'm in one location. We're uh, we're in Manila, and it just so happened we we were actually on our way back to Taiwan, and uh, we're we're gonna go home go home to Taiwan. But then, like the day before we left, uh, we had a lockdown here in Manila. So we're stuck here in our house in Manila, and we've been here for over a month, and uh, it looks like uh, we're going to be here for another couple of weeks. Yeah. Is everybody okay, though? Everybody's good. Yeah, it's fun. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a different experience being home every day for so long and 24-7, but, you know, we're spending a lot of quality time with, uh, with our baby and, uh, and taking, like, some... Uh, crazy funny photos and uh, and videos <laughs> that's about it it's a historic time it's surreal for sure to say the least uh what are you guys doing to kind of uh keep spirits up and and not go crazy well um for me personally i've been um you know i've been digging down and working on my new scripts so i've been actually working on different concepts and and been writing some scripts uh, actually, during in, in in this month in lockdown, I actually completed two scripts already, <laughs> and then um, and then I'm working on some new concepts. Um, so I spent some time during the day doing that, and then uh, the rest of the time, you know, like uh, Sarah and I have a we we we're doing this 30 day exercise plan, you know. So we're we work out like uh, we have a, we have a set of. Uh, exercises that we do like every day in the, the very every day um, you know the baby takes a lot of her time so that's, <laughs> that's kind of fun and uh, just other things you know, i mean i've been sleeping a lot too which, which is kind of good actually <laughs> I, I think i need that i haven't had you know this much sleep in in years so yeah like averaging like 10 you know 10 hours a day of sleeping which i think is fabulous <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, how about the eating? How are you dealing with that? <laughs> oh man, I'm getting weight. It's crazy. I mean, we you know we're, we're we've been exercising every day, which is good because I I haven't really like worked out cons- you know consistently for a long time. The only time I really get to work out is when when I'm back home in Taiwan when I'm teaching in my gym. That's not that much either, but uh, yeah, we've been working out uh, consistently. But the thing is. We've been eating rice every day, you know. So it's like rice, rice, rice. We, you know, we have a we have a housekeeper, so she she cooks for us, and um and she's like you know, it's typical Filipino. She just cooks a lot of rice, and it's so delicious the way she cooks it. And you know, you can't help it. And you know, the thing too with uh, 
being in lockdown, we're conserving food, and we we don't normally we don't eat eat at home. We you know we eat out, and when we eat out, I don't I don't order rice. You know, I just order like the meats, whatever you know. And there's a big variety of them, but you know when we're at home, we're trying to conserve food. So you you know you can't eat the vines too much. Like you can eat too much of the meats or the vegetables that we have in store, for fear that we'll run out of it. And rice is like the easiest way to get full. You know, so now I was like every meal I'm eating rice <laughs> so that I can be full. I I know the uh, the situation well. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like I'm staring at my little the little bulge in my stomach over here. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> I'm sure you'll work that off very quickly, though. But um, let's go to, uh, to the scripts that you're working on, though. Uh, as a filmmaker, how is this whole thing impacting you and the local industry? Because uh, obviously it's having a huge impact all over the place. Yeah, it's impacting me as a filmmaker because I know looking forward that, you know, we're going to a new era of filmmaking for the next probably a couple of years, you know. So this, uh, I mean, this pandemic, it's, it's not, it's not going to just abruptly end. You know, there there will be a transition period. There there may be reinfections. There, there it's it's going to be a very cautious landscape for filmmaking. You know, up ahead. So I reckon you know the days of like having films with like tons of cast and crew. You know, that's going to be gone for a while. So a lot of the scripts I've been working on, I've been concepts I've been working on right now is based on. You know, on the premise that I, I'm, I'm going to shoot with the with minimal crew, with a, with a minimal minimal cast, you know, and minimal locations. Probably like, you know, two locations the most. You know, so I just have to be very creative with the stories and you know the the action things like those and the you know the filmmaking. I just have to be. I have to take those in consideration when I'm writing my stories. Yeah, it, it's um, it's got to be putting a lot of concern into a lot of filmmakers' minds uh, in terms of how they're going to respond to this. Uh, we were talking a little bit before, and uh, you have you think that there might be a, a kind of situation where the, the set becomes sort of like a quarantine, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been talking to my producers for the past couple, uh, past couple weeks, and of course they're concerned because they have to crank out you know, content. Uh, they're a big studio here in Manila, so they... Um, they had to crank out content, but at the same time, they're you know they're restricted because of this whole situation. So after lockdown, we're looking at possibly maybe like shooting uh, movies where, let's say, we have a two-week shooting period. We take the cast and crew, we put them in a compound. You know, we can put trailers there, whatever you know, tents, trailers, so people can live there, and you know, and uh, adequate facilities, and we shoot in that compound. You know, and uh, and we keep everyone contained there. So so the so the shoot the, the set the, the the movie set becomes sort of a containment area or or a quarantine area. You know, so for two weeks you can't leave. You're just shooting there. You're basically living there and shooting the movie there. It's not too unfamiliar to me because I used to we used to do that before in China when I used to work in China and film sets and stuff. We would have a we would we would all go on location in some some place in China, for example, Hejiang or something like that, and everyone would would be housed there. You know, they actually have like places in in China where you go there and you live there and you shoot the movie there and you don't leave. You just stay there the whole time. It's like a quarantine. You know, so that's kind of like the Chinese way of of shooting movies. You know, but in the Philippines it's different because Philippines. 
the movie set is like people just come and go. You'll shoot like once, yeah, maybe twice every week. You know, they'll extend it over a long period of time because a lot of the actors in the Philippines, they have soap operas. They work in soap operas. And so they shoot like maybe Monday, Wednesday, Friday, which means they can only shoot Tuesdays and Thursdays. You know, and if you're lucky, they may want to shoot on once on the weekends. So a lot, a lot of the movies here in the Philippines that, that have like big name actor, chances are they only shoot them on Tuesdays and Thursdays every week. So it's all extended. So people come and you know go to the set, shoot and go home, go back, shoot and go home. It's every other day. The concept of shooting every day straight, maybe like three or four days straight to have one day off and uh, three or four days straight, that's like quite foreign to a lot of uh, a lot of film industry people here, especially with the big studios. It's it's like an indie way of, uh, of filmmaking here in the Philippines. That's going to cha- change. The indie way of filmmaking is probably going to be the way people are going to shoot, you know, just like they do in China. You stay in one set, you know, and you're quarantined for like a couple of weeks until the shoot is over. So just uh, extrapolating from that, does that mean that something like a heavy action martial arts focused movie can't be made for a little while? Yeah, I think that's uh, what's happening there. Because not only that they want to restrict people in uh, on the set, like quarantine people on the set, they don't. now they're telling me that they don't want to, they don't want to have like 50 people on the set. Well, if you're shooting a, you know, you're doing an action film, there's a lot of like setups. You know, you have you have your rigging teams, you have your stunt people, you have your armory, you have your, you know, your prosthetics. You know, there, there's, there's a ton, there's tons of stuff involved in, in, in an action film. So if you're gonna limit all that, then then and I'm, you know, my my niche is is action films. So then I have to come up with a new. I don't know. I have to come up with a solution for that, you know, so without having to, without giving up uh, action filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, idea of uh, of people just getting sweaty and beating on each other that's just not going to happen for a while. Yeah, I mean, they, they they probably will still, you know, still have like some action, some fighting and stuff like that. It may just be a one on one thing. You know, maybe, you know, maybe something like that, you know. Well, here in the U.S., uh, we're on lockdown as well. Uh, I've been here now in my house with my family for uh, about a month now. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's a family of five in a, in a small house. So it's been a it's been a challenge. <laughs> oh, my God. So are, are the kids are the kids uh, at each other's throats now? They uh, actually uh, are pretty good about it. Now, there are there are times during the day when uh when uh, they kind of get on each other's nerves but for the most part they're pretty good about it because uh the schools have have done a good job here of kind of keeping them busy so they all have their own thing to do but oh that's good yeah that's good but um one of the things that we're doing heavily though is watching movies so our streaming service usage has gone through the roof without question (laughs) I think that's, you know, the case all over the world right now. But um, speaking of that, a film that you have that's streaming worldwide is uh, available now, Bloodhunters Rise of the Hybrids, right? Yeah, yeah, that and then, and uh, that and Trigonal, yeah. But yeah, Bloodhunters just got released, yeah. Excellent. So how has the reception been so far for Bloodhunters? Um, I haven't really checked uh, the, uh, this past week with, uh, with the distributor, but um, apparently... Apparently, the sales is better than they had expected. Excellent. Obviously, because people are just, you know, watching like crazy, running out of things to watch, you know, so (laughs) 
whether a movie like Blood Anders is their type or not, they may just go, you know what, just, just nothing else to watch. Just watch this for now. It's, 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 the new, it's, it's a new release kind of thing. You know? I think pretty much every movie that's a, that's a new release is getting like viewed by, by, you know, by everyone. So that's a silver lining out of all this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, Blood Anders is, for a feature film, it's a short, it's a short feature film. Yeah. So it's easy to watch. It just goes really fast. Yeah, I've watched it twice already. Oh. I, I think I think it's great. So congratulations on that, by the way. Is this? Thanks. Am I correct in saying that this was your first feature film? This is my first feature film. That's excellent. Yeah, I, I did not know what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, okay, now it's a big test for me. Yeah. Well, for a first feature film, this has a lot of polish behind it. So congratulations on that. I watched it once uh, and enjoyed it. And then I watched it a second time to focus on a couple of things, uh, particularly the fighting and the, and the different styles you used. And uh, we're going to get into that. But l- give me a, a, an origin story of this whole film. Well, um, originally, I, uh, I, I had written my original script, uh, Bloodhunters, actually turned out quite different from the movie itself. But originally, I set out to make a movie. Um, I was inspired by movies like uh, Underworld, like Blade, things like those, you know. And I and I wanted to make a movie that also showcases Filipino folklore, like the Aswang, the Capre, the all those, the all the Filipino like you know uh, mythical monsters. And at the same time, like Blade, you know, showed off some martial arts. And in in, in our case, I wanted to show off some Filipino martial arts. I wanted to make it like, um, I wanted to bring in like the different types of Filipino martial arts, bring in different masters on the set and have them choreograph their own fight scenes. You know, so there's a variety of, you'll, you'll see a variety of different movements. If you're into Filipino martial arts, for example, you, you know, you watch the movie and you'll say, oh, that scene with Monsoor, he was, he was using Illustrissimo. Oh, that scene with, uh, with Sarah, she's using Balintawa. Oh, the scene with blah blah blah. They're using this and this, whatever you know, whatever whatever style of Filipino martial arts. So, so there's many. There's different. There's probably like six different Filipino martial arts uh, styles in in those featured in the movie. So that I I had in mind. I wasn't. And then when we started when we started shooting the movie, obviously when I got the movie funded, um, the funding that I I got was very small. But I was determined to make this movie, and I was given a choice: Are you going to focus on the story, or are you going to focus on the action? Because if you focus on the story, you won't have enough money to to focus on the action. You got to give up one or the other. So then I decided: You know what? I'm you know this is my first feature film. I'm you know I uh, I'm trying to to carve a niche for myself in the uh, action film industry, you know and um, I want to focus on the action. So at the expense of at the, at the expense of storytelling, I focus on the action. We we only we only had 14 days to shoot this movie. We had like one week to shoot this movie. Wow. You know, we ended up like adding a couple of days because we you know we you know we we were missing a lot of the shots. We um of the of the original script that I wrote in the original script that I wrote, we we dropped probably. 30 scenes. Can you believe that? 30 wow. scenes. So you're talking about an extra 30 minutes in the movie. Yeah. That is gone. It's gone. You know? And a lot of that is storytelling. A lot of that is weaving the story of the actors and, you know, I mean, the characters and stuff like that, you know? 
weaving it through the movie, and um, yeah, and a couple other a couple other fight scenes, smaller fight scenes. So yeah, so so we dropped thirty scenes uh, when we went to filming, and my um, you know my producer sat down, my line producer sat down with me and said, okay, which scenes you want to drop? I'm like, well, let's let's you know drop a lot of the drama scenes and stuff, and you know, so a lot of the, so I basically. What what are you gonna do, right? I mean, you have like ten dollars to to do a, a one thousand dollar job, you know. So <laughs> right. yeah, so I basically decided, yeah, I'm gonna take you know, uh, I'm gonna take my chances and focus on the action instead. Yeah, and that's what happened. And yeah, the action was very cool. It was uh, it, I thought it was very uh, well done and and well showcased. Now, doing a film like this was gutsy by itself, especially on the budget. But including FMA, which isn't particularly well known outside of martial arts circles, um, added a whole nother element. So why did you choose to focus on that so specifically? I just felt that, you know, me being Filipino and also a practitioner of uh, Filipino martial arts, I felt like, you know, Filipino martial arts is, is seen like everywhere in Hollywood and movies everywhere in the world, you know, but no one really gives it due credit. You know, it's not like Ong Bak where you know that's Muay Thai, you know, or 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 the raid where you know that's uh, that's Fenchak Silat or something like that. You know, you you, you know those are martial arts. Those are in, those are their their ethnic martial arts or local martial arts because it's the people themselves that are portraying it. Whereas Filipino martial arts, you'll have like maybe I don't know Jason Bourne, you know, portraying it. Or, you know, you have Frankenstein portraying it, or something like that. You know, um, and it's all it's all Hollywood actors. I wanted to I wanted to do a Filipino martial arts film, basically. You know, with uh, showcasing Filipino martial arts with Filipino practitioners doing it. You know, and that was what I set out to do, which also impacted the way I casted the movie. You know, I didn't uh, I I didn't hire like you know except for a couple of people. Like Sarah and and uh, and Roxanne, I didn't cast like like my actors. You know, I had like uh, for for the male actors, I had Ian Ignacio and you know and uh, and uh, Monsoor and stuff. But you know, they're they're all like action people. You know, action actors. So um, my 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 cast selection was based on: Can you do martial arts? Can you be trained? You know, can are you physical enough to to learn? you know, to learn FMA in, in, in like one month. Yeah. And then I saw, and I put them through a one month, uh, training program, train every day. Yeah. I want, I wanted to ask about that too, uh, because you, you went through that uh, one month training session when you were portraying the FMA on screen, were you worried about, um, about portraying it uh, authentically and, and, uh, true to life or, or were you more concerned with getting the spirit of it and showcasing it so that it could be recognized for what it is? Well, both, you know, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to showcase it cinematically too, but, but I wanted to make it look authentic. Yeah. Like it has to be authentic, you know, and that's, I think for a lot of, uh, FMA, uh, uh, practitioners that watch a movie, they feel like, wow, those moves are authentic. That's, that's how it is kind of thing. You know, so um, I wanted to have that, you know, so that I, I set out to do that. And that's why, again, that's why we did one month of training for, you know, for the actors. And, and all, every, every fight scene in that movie was choreographed by an FMA master. 
like I said, we brought in like six six FMA masters on the set and, uh, and assigned them each uh, a fight scene. That's cool. Well, tell me about that because uh, you're bringing in six FMA masters. That's a lot of skill that you're bringing to the cast. So that's got to add a whole different level of realism. Tell me about the cast and what exactly they were uh, teaching, I guess. Um, I can't. I couldn't quite remember every single one, but uh, but I know like Monsoor, uh, Monsoor del Rosario. He was doing Illustrissimo, and um, uh, his uh, the the Illustrissimo master uh, Arnold Narzo was there. He actually had a small role in the film. Um, so and then uh, and then uh, we had guys doing Balintawak, guys like uh, Patrick Balos teaching Balintawak to uh, to Sarah and uh, and incorporating it into Sarah's wushu skills. Sarah basically did like a, her style was Balintawak, but but she also incorporated wushu in it, Chinese wushu, you know. And um, and mine was uh, uh, Pikiti Tertia. I did Vicky mm-hmm. Tertia, um, and and I uh, I also incorporated like MMA, you know, Muay Thai and and you know and Jiu Jitsu and wrestling into into the in my fight scenes, and then Ian Ignacio, he was doing Dose Paris, he was doing Dose Paris, him and Roxanne they were doing Dose Paris, and um, and Ian incorporated his. Uh, taekwondo in it as well that's cool and i am particularly interested in uh following all of that uh one because i'm filipino but uh, i also recently uh taken up uh fma so i'm studying sayak kali myself i'm very new to it so it's it's all uh mystery and magic to me but um when I was watching the film, I was looking for things that I might, you know, recognize as, as something that I would ha- have learned in class. So that was very interesting. And I'm, I'm also interested in, in seeing that FMA gets uh, portrayed on screen. So I'm looking to guys like you to, to showcase it and bring it to the fore. Right. right. So, yeah, my, um, my, uh, my future projects uh, will have a lot of FMA in them as well. That's cool. Yeah. This next project I was doing, uh, hard to kill. Um, we actually, we actually, our first day of filming was actually the first day of quor- of quarantine here in, the, in Manila, so it got canceled. Oh man! So yeah, yeah. So now we have to wait until the coast is clear. But yeah, that ha- that has a lot of FMA in it. That's cool. Just uh, something else too in the cast. Uh, I know there was a, a a small part, but an impactful uh, part for uh, Mailing Ng. Yeah, yeah. Mailing Mailing is probably the only one in the whole cast that didn't learn FMA. Because she was a late, she was a late addition. Actually, she was not even in the script. I had to write her in. Mm. The, the, so that was a very interesting, you know, uh, thing. Um, Mailing was uh, Mailing was a friend of our uh, of our. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. She was a friend of, of Mikael, Mikael Turner, and um, uh, the guy who played Gundra. And she just happened to to be in the Philippines for, I don't know, for vacation or something. And she knew that Mikhail was shooting a movie. So she's like, um, hey, uh, can, I, can you know, uh, you, get, you, you guys want to bring me in in the movie? And then um, the line producer came to me and said, we, we should bring Mailing in because she's, you know, she's a Hollywood name. And she had just, you know, she just came off like her, her small role in Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I wasn't sure. I didn't know Mailing at that time, so, but I sat down and met met with her, 
I really liked her. I loved her energy, loved her personality, just loved her, you know, her dedication and everything. Really passionate. So we struck a deal with her. Couldn't really afford to 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 give her a big role, but I wanted to give her a substantial role so we can only afford to uh, uh, to bring in, bring in for one day. So we had one shooting day with with Mei Ling. So one day of rehearsals and one show, you know, and one day of shooting. And so we um, we brought her in. I wrote I wrote in her role, but at that time she didn't know in, uh, she didn't know Philippine martial arts, and it wasn't easy to. It's not that easy to teach someone and make them look really clean. You know, so we didn't have any doubles for her. You know, we, you know, we're not doing any, there's no wire work in the movie. You know, every, all the stunts, all the fights, all the stuff is done raw and straight. You know, and, and we didn't have enough time you know, or my, you know, or the budget to do multiple takes. Most of the fight, most of the fight scenes that you see in this movie are all maybe maximum three takes maximum wow there there was not single there's not a single scene a single fight scene that went over over three takes and i think there's only one fight scene that went three takes it's because it was a one take fight scene you know uh, there's no there's no cuts is that one scene where sarah and i are going through the hallway and fighting off a bunch of people you know that was just it's like one take and we we shot we shot that scene just with one thing, but we had to redo it like two more times. Everything else, I think, like like maybe ninety percent of the fight scenes in the movie was only one take, because that's all the time we had. So with Mei Ling, we basically had to find her comfort zone, and at that time, her only comfort zone is to do hand-to-hand fighting. So so um, I um, I actually put together the fi- uh, the fight scene between her and and Sarah. I choreographed that and then and then had them practice that for like a day and then shot it the next day. That's cool. And, you know, for a, a, a shoot that took 14 days, you guys have special effects, there's uh, makeup, there's guns, there's explosions. And I was interested to see how you're going to work in the FMA, particularly the uh, the knife and stick work when uh, when everybody's got guns. But it was nice to get that transition where you you guys are uh, are stalking the, the lair and you're like, you know what, guns aren't going to work here. So everybody get your knives out. I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and actually, we dropped we dropped one scene that we were shooting that explained that even more. Ah, okay. You know, there was a there was a there was a scene where uh, where Monte, the the leader, had, they, and some of his guys, they had captured uh, they had captured the Naswang and they brought it to the camp, and then they um, they 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 demonstrated to the trainees that you know that shooting these you know things won't kill them, and they and so the scene like they brought this guy in the camp and they. And then they, like a firing squad, they tried to shoot him, and the the Aswang, st- you know, stayed alive. And then Monte takes out the blade and said, "This this particular blade is called the Balarau. This is the only thing that we, that can kill them." You know, then he slices the Aswang and kills him. Yeah, so we we, we had a, we had that one scene. Yeah, it's supposed to explain it even more. And then and then we dropped that scene. And then we also had another scene. Where it explained the difference between the followers and the and the hybrids themselves, where um, um, where the fo- there was a scene in a in a in a in a village where the followers, you know, the guys wearing the masks, they were committed to following the aswang, so that one day they will become aswang themselves. They will be you know transitioned to aswang, that kind of thing, and have eternal power that kind of stuff. So they had a ceremony in there that you know where they. They worshipped Aswang and all that stuff. So they, 
So what they uh, what they do is uh, what the what their job is they have to protect the the, the swang. They have to protect. They're the protectors of the swang, so that one day they will be also chosen to become one with the swang kind of thing. So we had that one scene as well. Actually, it's like two scenes that that you know that showcase that. But that was a, those are those are expensive scenes to shoot. Um, and um, and we just and it, it would have taken more days. It would it would taken like like another day to shoot those two scenes. So yeah, so we dropped that as well. Well, now that this is done and it's streaming and people can watch it. Now that you're looking back on it and you have a a much wider access to resources now, would this be something that you might want to revisit and reboot? One day, yeah, I've actually had uh, a lot of producers come to me already and talk to me about about this. I said, you know, this needs a sequel, where a lot of things need to needs to be explained. Uh, and uh, originally, when we sh- when when we shot this movie, after realizing that I hadn't shot all the scenes that I wanted to shoot, I wanted to pitch this movie as a, uh, as a pilot mm. for a TV series. Cool. That was my original um, thing: was to pitch this as a pilot. So I went out. I went out. That's why I delayed the release of the movie. We actually finished shooting this movie in two, in, uh, in 2017, and I delayed. I, I delayed uh, releasing the movie because I was trying to find a way to pitch it. You know, as a, as a, you know, as a series. But um, I'm not very good at you know, pitching, and you know, I didn't really have a lot of avenues to pitch. And uh, and as time went on, it became apparent that we just needed to release this on the on the digital platform. So and then once it's out there, I can revisit you know talking to people about turning this you know into into a series. And the for the first episode would have to be uh, um, the pilot for that you know. So so yeah. So we 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 found a distributor, uh, Tricoast. So with them, we've been talking about you know potentially like doing you know sequels or 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 a web series. Oh, cool! And I've also talked to some local producers here in the Philippines who are also interested in doing the same thing. So yeah, and um, we actually had some really serious talks with one producer, uh, the director producer, um, just uh, like a week before the lockdown happened. And we were talking about turning this into, into, into like a Netflix series kind of thing. Oh, excellent! Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you get those uh, those talks started again when uh, when everything is lifted. And uh, you know, I, I guess you'll have to come up with some imaginative ways to get it done, considering what uh, what the landscape of filmmaking will be after this. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. That's why. That's why the movie itself ended up with it to be continued. And um, did do you have that sequel already in mind? Do you have the rest of the story written out? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. It's already written out. I have about, I have about uh, three episodes Fantastic. written out already. That's great. I, I hope it comes to light then. Um, but let's uh, let's go back to uh, where you were before the uh, lockdown happened. What were you working on? And uh, what uh, is coming down the line from you and your your production teams? Um, we were working on. Uh, uh, we were commissioned to. Uh, uh, I mean, I had a. I optioned the script to ABS-CBN, and we were commissioned to shoot that uh, to shoot that movie. And it's a movie called Hard to Kill. It's again, it's an action film. Um, it's an action drama, actually. It's a lot of drama, and so it's we got. It was, it was, hopefully, it would have been my. 
my first like really heavy drama film. You know, there's a lot of drama in the movie and stuff, and a lot of the character development. So um, really look, looking uh, looking forward to to making the movie. So we've been actually in, in pre-prod for this movie, and uh, and then the lockdown happened. You know, so we it, the 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 quarantine happened on the first shooting day of this film. Oh man, yeah. So again, this film is uh, it's the the action is uh, is very FMA driven. There's still uh, there, there's some shooting, you know, shoot them ups and stuff like that. But but the hand to hand action is FMA driven. A lot of knife fighting. Nice. Rise of the Hybrids has already won a couple of different awards for its action. Uh, the I know the Urban Action Showcase, which I was at um, back before uh, all this happened, um, there it got uh, an award for some of the action, right? Yeah, I got five awards actually. Nice. Yeah, that's yeah. excellent. Yeah, just it, yeah, it swept the feature film category. <laughs> that's awesome. We won every award except we won every award except best actor. <laughs> Congratulations, that's great. Thanks. Thanks. Now I know you also had uh, Circle of Bones was in the works. Where is that? Circle of Bones is in the works. It's actually it's it's finished. We finished it just in time before you know before lockdown. And um, our strategy with uh, Circle of Bones is uh, after uh, post production, uh, we wanted to put it through the uh, film festival tour. You know, uh, a year of uh, of film festivals and film uh, salad and film markets, and um, that's kind of that's kind of a bummer too, because we basically released it to film festivals this year, and a lot of film festivals were are, have been canceled. So I don't know what to do, you know. But so far, Circle of Bones has actually been shown in in a couple of film festivals. Uh, well, not shown, but they got selected and they they got they got judged, you know. So so um, so far, Circle of Bones has has won best in indie feature film, uh, best director, and best actress awards at, in the the Vegas Film Film Awards. Oh, that's fantastic! Congrats! Yeah, so so we're eagerly waiting for more film festivals, you know, to the, you know to pick us up, and hopefully more awards coming up. Now, the film festivals, isn't that something that, uh, I mean, I don't know, I don't organize film festivals, but isn't that something that maybe they could take online and still kind of uh, get that exposure out there? Yeah, a lot of film festivals are now turning to go online, you know, uh, to, to save themselves. Because obviously, you're not going to be able to do this in a theater. Yeah, so I think I would say if any of those, if any of those existing film festivals ever want to air, you know, they they have to go online. You know, I know, I know, I know, Cannes won't do it. I know Cannes is like, you know, sure, they, they, they may just cancel. Cannes may just cancel for until twenty twenty one, because their whole their their whole the whole point of Cannes is is the big theaters. You know, it's theatrical. Sure. Yeah. So. So they're, they're not going to do their film festival online. But a lot of the smaller ones, they'll probably like slam dance, some of those. They'll probably, you know, opt for, for, uh, no, for online, online film festival viewings. All right. So where can the audience then go to watch Bloodhunters Rise of the Hybrids now? Right now in the U.S. Um, it's, it's out in the U.S. on Fandango now, on Amazon. But basically uh, Amazon, Fandango. Those are the two ones. Oh, Vimeo on demand as well. Yeah, uh, like I said, I've I've already seen it twice, so go check it out, and I'll 
I'll post all the places you can watch the film uh, in the show notes. Uh, but otherwise, you have Circle of Bones. Hopefully, we'll see that sooner rather than later. Uh, Hard to Kill you have going on. Best of luck with everything else that you have working. And, uh, you know, hopefully you're working again very, very soon. Uh, what is uh, Sarah going to be up to? Um, she was actually putting on her producer cap for for Hard to Kill. She was uh, She's the line producer for Hard to Kill. She's... Um, She's she's got a role in it as well. She's acting in it as well, um, but um, but she was doing uh, she was producing that. But now she's actually Sarah's writing her own script and she's looking at maybe you know going into directing uh, a movie, you know her own her yeah. own film. Cool. And she's actually now she's kind of she's starting. I think the stuff that she's working on isn't isn't action. She's looking at uh, kind of a comedy like a. Yeah, like a like a rom com, romance comedy, I think. Or no, no, sorry, like a mystery comedy. Very cool. Then, how long before uh, Baby Callie uh, has her starring role? Oh, we already did like a little mini uh, microfilm with her. I should, uh, I should I should send you that. I should send you a copy of a little. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we, we did like a little one minute film with her. She did some little of her own acting. She's she's so funny. Yeah, she's she'll be more into comedy. I can already tell. <laughs> Action comedy. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, Vincent, thank you so much for coming back to the show. And like I said, stay safe, stay strong, stay home, uh, and best of luck uh, when everything is all lifted and we're, we're doing this all again. Best of luck with everything that you have going on. Uh, best of luck to Sarah and, uh, of course, to the future star, Baby Callie. And so you guys stay healthy, all right? Thank you. Thanks, Joff. Yeah, best regards to you and your family as well. And uh, hopefully one uh, hopefully one of these days in the near future, we uh, will get to meet. That would be a pleasure. Uh, so uh, I'll look forward to that day. Thank you again so much. And uh, we'll talk again very soon. All right. Thank you. First, huge thank you to Vince Soberano for returning to the show and catching us up. COVID-19 has put a pause on a lot of film work all over the world. But once it's all over, I trust that Vince, Sarah, and even Baby Callie will be back in the saddle ready to deliver some new awesomeness. Second, Bloodhunters Rise of the Hybrids is streaming now on platforms like Amazon Prime, Vudu, Fandango, Vimeo On Demand, and Flix Fling, so go check that out for some cool A Swung Killing action featuring FMA. ActionFlix.com called it a great bone-crunching diversion for any Saturday night viewing. Asian Movie Pulse says, With each member of the assault team and the Aswangs allowed to show off their physical prowess, these elongated fight scenes are very satisfying and enjoyable, and the Action Elite calls it nonstop action from beginning to end. Follow Vince on all his socials, and they will be listed in the show notes. And while you're there, give me a follow as well, or drop me an email at kungfudriving at gmail.com just to say hey. If you want to do a little bit more for me, head over to Apple Podcasts to give the show a rating and or a review because it's helping the show climb the charts. And right now, we're in the top 150 podcasts globally in the film and TV genre. So let's see if we can't break into the top 100 before too long. Until next time, Poison Clan. Peace. Poison Clan rocks the world. Some action, drink a little wine, we get drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's warm. We smash the place up with a dragon claws. We walk into the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we get drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! 
This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws I see the iron fisted bunk before the daily prayers Shouting monks on the hands running down the thousand stairs The fate of Lee Khan now's in King Yu's hands With the fearless Aida roaming over the lands Yeah the little bitch soldier is older and wiser He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight Yo, Got the venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks guaranteed to great jars Fight for the cars then pass here the blast On the end back kicks will defeat the outlaws Very good but boards don't hit back Yeah the death jewels here David D is coming back The Tai Chi master Jet Li's even faster The channel little drink because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine but see Maggie chunk his spine off Golden Swallow has arrived Shang Chi movies will the hero will survive We've got the brave archer make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight may as well pick the spot Yeah the sky goes black cause the vampire's back we got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all to so stand back He plays the black magic on the soul of the sword And our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah, Wing Chun Shaolin and Manti style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war, we smash the place up with a dragon claws We walk into the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we get a drunk and then we fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claw. See it's a game of death yo You're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun Assassin's Lash and Blood just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, balance the bone stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got Irma just in yellow But she is in the dragon but in the tea rooms That's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor When the blood it'll splatter against the wall No fear at all, to kill them all There's always blood spilled when you head into a war Fearless Unleashed The fist of legend that the car Jet Li I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these There's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a